Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. As always, you can join the conversation by calling in with your questions at 805-285-9865. Or you can share your thoughts on Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag MTFW. Now, let's get the conversation started. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Lorraine, and welcome to another show. I am so excited about today's conversation. Um, my guest today is, well, C.J. McClanahan is the smartest man alive, aren't you, C.J.? Yes, ma'am. I have, <laughs> I have, that is actually a fact that has been um, certified by many, many large agencies, and that is truth. Um, in, all, in all seriousness, um, C.J. McClanahan, for those of you who have not had the privilege, he is an author, a speaker, an executive coach. I've had the privilege of, of working with C.J. on projects on and off um, going back almost 10 years. And I think that Smartest Man Alive uh, subtitle is well earned. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love that. We are so, I'm so excited to have you here today. Um, we're going to talk, um, I think about, uh, originally I was thinking goal and goal setting, but really what all of that behavior is about is is being the best that we can be and, and looking for ways to improve our performance. And I know that this is a topic you're um, very passionate about. Um, I want to talk a little bit about small business owners and what do you, when you look at a company, how do you define peak performance and um, what do you think some of the criteria are to identify companies that will be able to perform at that level? That's a good question. So becoming a peak performer, Lorraine, is really, it's not rocket science. Um, it's not based, it's not some giant algorithm. It's not 72 books you need to read. Being a peak performer is really no more than developing a handful of very, very simple habits that lead to success. And what's interesting about that is we've known this for years. Lately, a lot of social research has been done around this concept of practice and habit building. And now it's pretty crystal clear that the people that focus on a handful of key habits, they're the ones that are successful. So I would say that becoming really, really good and becoming a peak performer comes down to discipline on a few habits rather than accumulating all the knowledge in the world. Okay, so um, people love to hear that they only have to do a few things well. Uh, I'm sure there's more to it than just that, but let's start there. What do you consider those, those key habits, those things that we need to do if we really want to be performing at peak level? Awesome. So let's assume this is for executives and business owners and entrepreneurs. The key habits that I've identified over 10 years and hundreds of coaching clients, number one is prioritization, and prioritization is literally otherwise known as time management, that ability to focus on the main thing. Number two is having a um, solid vision and staying focused on your vision at all times. Uh, especially because we are in a day and age where it's so easy to get sidetracked. Oh, Number don't three I know is it. I'm sure that's never happened to you, Lorraine. 
I'm sure no, not, not you, never, never happened. Well, okay, it hasn't happened to me between noon and 4.30 today. Uh, yeah, but the day's not over yet, so it could happen, right? It could still uh, happen well, today. You know, the next one is reflection, and reflection is just this whole concept of being self-aware. And self-awareness is very simply understanding what am I good at, what am I bad at, what do I enjoy doing, what do I not enjoy doing. And, you know, duh, if you do more of what you um, really love doing, you get in a state of something that uh, the smart researchers tell us is called flow. And once you're in that flow, you're pretty much unstoppable. And so, you know, under prioritizing effectively, getting crystal clear about your vision, and then getting um, – uh, being self-aware and reflecting on a regular basis are three really, really important habits that I've seen the most effective high performance have over the years. Okay, so we've got these kind of three key behaviors. As you've looked at companies, can you give us an example perhaps of a company that you think has really done that well, where, where you've really seen just some great results um, just an example of how that was put into practice, and it really made a difference. Yeah. I, I, one pops in. I had a construction company years ago, and um, they were uh, probably $70, 80000000 million company, and I'm working with all of the executives. And so what happens in a business like that is you've got a lot of very, very talented people who are all very highly educated and very highly compensated and who all want to go in a different direction. And just like everyone, at the end of every day, they would say to themselves, there's not enough time to get everything done. And, you know, a light bulb went off in my head, and this is probably seven years ago, Lorraine, where I said, you know what, you're never going to get everything done. And it was a paradigm shift for me because I realized that what entrepreneurs and leaders think is they think, today's the day I'll get it done. You know, today's <laughs> the day I'll bring the laptop home. You know, have you ever thought that? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And yeah. and then you get into the office and the phone rings and the customer calls and you have a great idea and suddenly you turn around and it's 4.30 in the afternoon and you think, oh, my God, I didn't get to that. I'll get it tomorrow. Right. And, well, and, you know, it is, it's absolutely liberating, Lorraine, when you say to yourself, I, I will not get everything done. And once you have that, that kind of aha moment, then you say to yourself, okay, now I realize it will not all get done, so what has to get done? And then we, I begin to work with this company, and we begin to say to ourselves, we can't get everything done, so what must get done? And so we begin to categorize things that are absolutely positively critical. And what would happen is that people began to really understand the difference between an interest and a commitment, with an interest being, oh, it would be nice to get this done, and a commitment being, I'm getting that done. And we heard a lot of people saying, no, I don't have time for this, and no, I don't have time for that, and saying, no, I, I just, I'm not going to make the time to get that done. And then they started getting the important things done. And the unimportant things, it rhymes with email, are not dominating their life every single minute. Yeah, you know, that, um, I, I think that idea of deciding between urgent and important, and I think for a lot of us um, as business owners, that that is really difficult sometimes to say, you know what, I hear you, I hear that, that's important to you, but that is not going to, um, that's not going to, to help me accomplish 
what I consider to be the most important, and to give yourself permission to not to not mess with it, to not, you know, to say, I'm not going to work on that today because it's not the most important thing I can do. Yeah, it's, you know, what's interesting, Lorraine, is that <clears throat> and I, I've been doing this a long time, so I'd say I am better than the average person, but I can get caught up in it as well. But what happens is that we typically, the average executive and entrepreneur, we measure our effectiveness during the day by how exhausted we are at the end and how many, how many things we got moving and how many check marks we put on our sheet of to-dos and how many emails we responded to, you know. And so we think if I was very active and I got a lot of things done, it must have been a good day, when in reality it could have been a terrible day because getting, yeah. doing a lot of the wrong stuff is just doing a lot of the wrong stuff. I used to teach a class um – and the, uh, the one of the key lessons from that class was this conversation about activity versus productivity. And the idea yeah, that you huge. can be very, very busy doing lots of things that make you feel like you're doing something and never get one step closer to your end result because it's not the best. It's all good. It's all well-intentioned things. But the truth is, it's not what you need to really move the needle forward. Right. Absolutely. And um, and, and, and so then you, the next question, Lorraine, should be, you and I are not the first people who have said, you can't just be spinning your wheels. You have to be accomplishing things. So then the next question as it relates to prioritization is, well, why do we do it? You know, what is, why are we continually doing this behavior that we know doesn't lead to where it is we need to be. And I think, and there's a lot of data and research on this as well, which states that we are addicted to urgency. And because we're so addicted to urgency, we only do things that give us immediate gratification, which is typically responding to an email, you know, saying yes or no to something. And, and all we do is our day is just filled with these immediate gratification types of things. And so part of it is kind of getting your head around the idea that there isn't going to be that immediate gratification, that this this may feel like you're not necessarily crossing off lots of little things off your list, but kind of setting up sort of a different measure for success. That it's not going to it go it's like it's like if you're right handed, Lorraine, it's like right with your left handed. It makes so much sense, but it's so it goes against our intuition because our intuition there's actually data, there's actually a study that I read a while ago that states that um it releases serotonin in your brain to be interrupted. It releases I mean literally serotonin, which is a neurochemical that makes you feel good in your brain to make you be interrupted. So if you wonder why people if you wonder why you see people constantly checking their phone and their email and updating Twitter, I mean, nonstop, it's because at some level it makes them feel good. You wow. literally feel better. Yeah, can you believe that? Oh, my God. Um, they, so they feel, like, important, that somebody cares whether they're there or not. It's it's all that, and then it's even to another level. They just like interruptions. We get bored. 
we are so bombarded with information right now that we get bored so easily. With a nine and a, with a nine year old, my son, if he goes more than sixty seconds without stimulation, I mean, he is literally bouncing around the house. Wow. Yeah, it's different. It's uh, it, it's it, we're in a different society, and so the people that can discipline themselves to shut their door to block their schedule, and to turn off their email when they're working on things that require concentration. Those are the people that make actual progress. And they, guess what? They don't have to work as hard as everyone else. Wow, yes. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I uh, was working on a presentation for um, an upcoming conference and um, had been trying to do it piecemeal for about two weeks. And finally, yesterday, I basically said to everyone, I'm not working on anything else. Leave me alone. Just I'm, I, right. sh- I literally shut off my email. So for three hours, I, I would not have known if a giant gorilla had jumped off the Empire State Building. Um, I had no Twitter. I had no Facebook. I had nothing else going on. And um, I got it done. Yeah, and I bet so- you got a ton done. I felt pretty good when it was all over. Yeah, I mean, you ask anyone, Lorraine, what is the most productive time of their week, they will all say between 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock in the morning or when I come in on Saturdays from 8 to noon. I mean, no one says, oh, right smack in the middle of the day. They don't? No, everyone says it's a <laughs> no, crazy they, yeah, time. No, I, um, um, for me, like the way I look at my day, the middle of the day is when I'm helping other people here. I assume that the middle of my day is is my um, is one interruption after another. My productive time is Friday afternoon after everybody's yeah. gone, when I can set my agenda with no interruptions and just work on whatever it is I have set out for myself. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's not rocket science, you know, it's simple stuff. And I would say this, you know, to tie a loop on this habit, um, I, st- I work on this habit with executives, whether you are 24 and managing your own company or whether you are 65 and running a company, because it's it, it, the challenge uh, exists for all of us. And I always start with this, Lorraine, and I always come back to this, because fundamentally, if you can't get your arms around prioritization, it is hard to make any other improvements because you always say, I don't have time for that improvement. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to work on this first or you can't fix anything else. Uh, you know, and this is, and, and I think anybody who runs a business that actually serves other businesses, our our website, our marketing, all, always sort of takes second place behind that of our, you know, stuff that we're doing for clients. And what we finally found was in order to get our website updated, we actually made round peg a client. Because once we made Roundpeg a client and we put the tasks in the same process we do for all of our clients, that web project became a priority. I've and heard of many doing that. It, you know, and, and, and when I was I, – I became the client, and so my team literally walked into my office and sat down Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock just like they would to have a call with any other client – we knocked it out in a couple of weeks. 
interesting how that happens. Yeah, yeah. Once, once you, like you said, once you make it a priority. So let's talk about maybe the, the these two other um, habits of high performers: mm-hmm. vision right. and so, and reflection. Maybe an example okay, so, of a company that sort of had a turnaround because of it, or just kind of how that moves from being theory to to really um, putting it into play. Okay, so let's start with vision. Uh, the the truth is is that I'll get in front of an audience or I'll get in front of a company with 10 or 1,000 people in the room, and I will say the following. I will say, give me your largest challenge in business right now. And it could be finding new clients, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. And 30 minutes in a whiteboard later, we will have solved their problem. And so the point of that is that smart people all focused on one thing can achieve it. The challenge in business today is that we every day we open Fast Company or someone sends us a blog or someone we, we watch <laughs> something on television and we've got eight new ideas, you know? And so what happens is because we don't have a vision for what it is that we really absolutely want to be in life, we lose focus and we do ten things half good instead mm-hmm. of two things awesome. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. And when you're passionate about a vision and you know exactly what it is that you want to do, all of a sudden you become the best at that because you have this part of your brain called your reticular activating system in the back of your skull, and it focuses you on what you want to be. Well, when you're all over the place, it's hard to be great at anything because you lose focus. So what I do with corporations, and, and I'll tell you again. Um, you know, I, probably I have an IT company years and years ago, and this IT company wanted to be great at doing residential IT, break, fix stuff, and great at being a corporate customer, okay? And I want to be great at both of them. Why? Well, I kind of – they don't know. Well, once you get them focused on what it is they really want to be, they're like, well, I think we really want to be the best at corporate. Well, guess what happened? Their sales in corporate went through the rough. They no longer take residential clients anymore, and now they're really focused on what it is that they want to be. It's very, very simple. However, we don't focus on our vision because we say to ourselves, oh, my gosh, I don't want to let that other thing go. I'm sure uh, you've never done that, Lorraine. This oh, applies to know, other people, it, not round pack. Um, uh, the example I always give is I always talk about uh, Coca-Cola because, I mean, this is a company with a lot of resources, and getting – Businesses to understand that Coke knows I'm not their customer. That women my age, we're not going to uh, spend 150 calories on soda in a world where there is chocolate. And so yeah, Coke doesn't point. waste any of their resources trying to reach me. Now, they're perfectly happy to sell to me if I come to them and say, you know, walk into a convenience store and say, I want a Coke. But they don't worry about me. And by giving themselves permission not to worry about me, it get, allows them to focus their energy where they're going to have greater results. Um, but, yeah, most small business owners I talk to say, well, you know, we work with small to medium-sized businesses. Okay, anyone who can fog a mirror besides Coca-Cola? I mean, you know, what does that mean? And when right. they can narrow it down, I think it does. It, it, it channels their energy in a way that they become more appealing to their target. Sure. 
And you know, I mean, Lorraine, you're an expert in this. Human beings' attention span today is about a half a second. <laughs> so if you're not clear, if you're not clear about what it is you're trying to do, I'm not going to be clear about what it is you're trying to do. You know, not too long ago, I'm going through a minor rebrand right now and um, a rethinking a rebrand. And my coach uh, a while back, she she says to me, well, what is you, what are you passionate about? And I stammered. I mean, I stammered. And I'm like, and she's like, you don't even know. And I'm like, yeah, I do. This, 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 and this. And she's like, really? Nine things? Come on. Mm-hmm. TJ, pick something. Yeah. You know, the cobbler. It was frustrating, but it was such a good exercise for me. You know, great exercise. Well, and I think that that's what ultimately helps you um, then. Because once you pick that focus, it gives you permission to let go of some of the, the non-productive tasks it allows you to set those priorities. Right, absolutely. You know, I, I can, um, uh, you know, I have clients that are like that on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're on LinkedIn, they're doing all these things. And when we sit down and say, well, who's your customer? And they're like, well, my customer are companies, you know, C-level executives. And I'm like, well, then fine, get the hell off of Facebook. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't if you want to be the there because you want to find out what your high school boyfriend is doing, great. But don't go there thinking you're doing it to generate revenue. And In all doing honesty, that Lorraine, allows you to, again, pick and choose how you spend your time based on the things that are going to move you closer to your goal faster. Um, honestly, I am. my only reason for Facebook is to check out ex-girlfriends. <laughs> is, that, is that inappropriate? Uh, you are not alone in that. Okay, good. Because yeah. I am, that is the reason. That is absolutely the reason. Just so we're clear that that's okay. I'm perfect. All right, good. Good. Yeah, good. you know, it's, again, but at least, again, you know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yes, I'm clear. I am very clear about that. Very, <laughs> very clear. I want to see if I'm better looking now or they're better looking now. It's always a competition game. Yeah, yeah, you know, the whole did they age well, um, yeah, I totally That's get right. it. Um, All right, I, I, I apologize, I've taken us off task. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of a fun interaction. Um, That's what we do. Okay, so we have just a few minutes left, and so let's talk about okay. kind of this third, this third sort of habit, this idea of being self-aware, and you used the term one time, um, this idea of being in the flow. What does right. that mean? How do you know when you're there? Um, it, every person is designed to do something that they love, that they absolutely positively love. But what typically happens is we wake up and we do what the world thinks that we should do. And whether that is become an accountant, you know, do – podcasts, you know, ride a bike, whatever it is, we end up getting into this rut and we do what the world thinks that it is that we should do. And so what we rarely ask ourselves is that what was I designed to do and what do I enjoy? So what I see the best executives do from time to time is they say to themselves, um, what am I best at? What did I do? What did I learn from today? And if I could do today over, what would I do differently? And what happens is when you're very, very self-aware, you're very good at correcting the mistakes that are easy to correct, 
in addition to recognizing this is something I'm never going to be good at, so I might as well get rid of it and give it to someone else. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally, totally makes sense. You know, it, it's that kind of awareness um, that has me handing things off to Rebecca that requires someone to go through a step-by-step process because, you know, I'm not going to do it. I, I, I know if there's more than two steps, I'm – well, if there are two steps, I'm going to skip one. Right. And, if, and, yeah, and there are things in life that require that you actually take every step in order. I'm going to hand that off to someone else, and both of us are going to be happier. Yeah, it's, um, it, you know, and unfortunately what most people think is that I've got to be good at everything. And that's not true, you know. I, so, for example, I have an executive, and this executive uh, and it was frustrating for him, but he could not get his people to improve. And every time he, we would run into these challenges, these leadership challenges. And finally, at one point, we sat down and we agreed, I'm never going to be a great leader of a bunch of people. What I need is to put someone between me and people. And that's a COO that he brought on. And now everyone reports up to the COO. He handles all the stuff the executive did enjoy handle. So the executive can go out and he can say, okay, strategically, what are my new clients? How can I spend more time selling? Well, guess what's happening to the business? It's beginning to really grow because the executive can do what he loves and get out mm-hmm. of the stuff he doesn't, which Absolutely. is the getting to that flow. Cool. So oh my it's God, so I- simple. I cannot believe that we have talked for 25 minutes. Um, that happens, Lorraine. It does. But I do not want to let you get off the telephone before I ask you a question about the Reach More series. Because this is, I, I think, a really cool program that you've put together in the indie market. Um, and I'm just going to let you chat about it for a minute or two. Okay, you, so you're asking me, like, how can I tell people about that and that sort of thing? Give them, yeah, give them an overview know, what of what it's it, all about. How does it work, et cetera, et cetera. You bet. So I, I, what we do is we have a monthly event called the Reach Leadership, Leadership Series. And that event takes place on the third Thursday of every month. And all we're doing at that event is we bring a great speaker we, give, we get this great speaker in front of the room, and we talk about a business or professional topic that everyone really wants to hear about. And then at the end of every single event, we introduce the audience to a local nonprofit, and we talk about that nonprofit. We feel blessed for all the business that we've gotten here at Reachmore, and we say to ourselves, let's have an event where people can come and learn network with one another, and then learn about a charity. And the event is always free. It's sponsored by WIBC, so we're able to to always have that event be free. And, again, if you want to learn more about it, you can always just go to my website, which is goreachmore.com, and there's information on the website, or you can go to wibc.com as well, and they've got a bunch of information on their website. Awesome. And we were having a conversation one day. You were were sharing uh, how much money you had raised or donated last year, and I was really impressed with how much you guys had been able to carve out for different organizations. Well, we we probably gave away 20000 last year with the REACH Foundation, but the the really great thing we did is we had one event, um, a goal-setting event called Thrive Map, and we gave away probably just about $15,000 at that event. So essentially what we did is we had an event, we made people give us money, and then we gave all the money away, and it was really a ton of fun. That I mean, that is so cool, and I think that 
that um, idea of donating money and uh, and supporting organizations uh, and sort of reaching back and helping others when you've been successful, I think that's an important value um, and an important part, I think, of being an effective leader and, and really being um, an integral part of the community. So I think that's so cool that you guys do that as part of that program. Yeah, thank you. We love doing it. It's fun. Awesome. All right. Well, we are just about out of time. If you have enjoyed CJ's comments as much as I have, definitely check out his website. Give him the, the uh, address again, CJ. It is goreachmore.com. Or, of course, they could uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm CJ McCoach is my handle. Awesome. We will look for CJ McCoach on Twitter. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of today's show. It's awesome. Thanks for having me, Lorraine. Awesome. If you have enjoyed today's program, if you'd like to learn more about marketing and business planning and strategy, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than Words. Thanks for listening.